Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We're going to have Albert Breer on later yeah. on today. He's going to tell us about uh, the latest with Bill Belichick as well. Uh, just so much happening around the NFL. It's a weird time right now where you got a lot of coaching auditions. You obviously have what, what I believe to be, Dustin, my, it's my favorite weekend in the entire sports calendar. This is better than the Masters for me. This is better than, uh, you name it, better than March Madness for me. The divisional round of the NFL postseason is it. We got the very best games, and we got a bunch of games to happen and, and talk about. And in particular, we have a Chiefs-Bills game that we're going to get into as well. Brian Billick was not there yesterday, so he's going to join us today at 3 o'clock. Now, the latest news out of today is that Seahawks offensive line coach Andy Dickerson interviewed to be the Browns' OC. Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports, with that news have you have you looked up Andy Dickerson at all? I don't know if you've ever even heard of the guy prior to any of this. Kind of looks like it looks like like he looks like Bob Ross. I was gonna say the same thing. He's, he's Bob Ross, Kyle Troop. Anyone anyone that has like that type Bob of hair. Like if Bob Ross were an offensive lineman. Yes. I don't even know if he was an offensive lineman because the, the, Andy Dickerson doesn't look too. He doesn't look too large. Got a little gut. He's not that big. I mean, I don't have a, like a full-size picture. I looked at a full-size photo earlier today. I was trying to figure out everything I could know about this guy. Here's what I, here's what I learned about Andy Dickerson, okay? Bob Ross hair, and he went to Tufts. You're not an idiot if you go to Tufts. You're, you're probably a pretty smart human, which tells me he's smart. And if you're going to have a, a hairstyle like that, you're also probably a little quirky as well. And pretty confident. Pretty confident. That might, I don't know that that necessarily all goes hand in hand, but I'll give it to you that one, sure. Which tells me that he's... Exactly what the Browns Tufts is a world-class private research university in Greater Boston that provides an education like no other. Oh yeah, you didn't have to it's Google like, that. Tufts like is the, a smart school. I was just reading it like it was the Masters. Oh, that was your Masters voice? Well, the the the, the damn tagline reads like Jim Nance would read the Masters. This is a very uninspired hire if this is the route they go, Dustin. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. I've been thinking all about the different uh, offensive coordinators, and how, when you have special quarterbacks, you need you need. You need somebody that's an offensive coordinator that's really, really good and really talented. I'm thinking about Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts loses Shane Steichen, and then he goes from being great to now we're questioning everything we think we know about Jalen Hurts. Your guy, Josh Allen. Your guy. guy. They go from Brian Dayball. We're not even going to talk about the in-between. And in that in-between, what happened? It was the worst we've seen Josh Allen. Look, all of a sudden now they hire Joe Brady, and what happens? Now the Bills are not only favored against the Chiefs this weekend – which is wild to think about, uh, but they went from being a 5% chance to make the postseason into the two-seed in the AFC. Joe Brady was the difference there. Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. 
You might want to give a lot of credit to Andy Reid. Sure, you can. Eric Bieniemy. this is the first year we've had Eric Bieniemy not be with Patrick Mahomes. It's also the first year we've seen this offense really stall out. I feel like when you have really special quarterbacks, you need a really talented offensive coordinator to get the most out of that special quarterback and unique quarterbacks. And with Deshaun Watson, say what you want, but that's a unique special quarterback, Dustin. No, he is. He is. Um, he is a, a guy that can transcend the league. He just hasn't done it in two years. And that's unfortunate. Injuries have derailed that. And obviously the time spent away has derailed that as well. But no, I mean, the guy, the, for what we paid for, we expect him to be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback like, I mean, this team won 11 games this year. Mm -hmm. Frankly, if they don't win 11 games next year, what are we doing? Well, you're going backwards, which is yeah. obviously not the right direction. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. I think this is a very uninspired direction so far by the Browns. We'll wait and find out what happens. Andy Dickerson, not really the name I wanted to see this morning, but let me ask you guys: What does this tell you about what the Browns are currently thinking? Greg Williams, Greg, that guy is very, very out there, but I love him. I love it. Him and his son just just bumble around Cleveland, going to tailgates. I think it's great. I, did I ever tell you the time I, I took a an, an airplane ride with Greg Williams? We, we were on the same airplane. Would you guys, you flew private with him? No, 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 no. No, it was a, it was you, definitely you commercial. Like, you acted like you guys like flew nope. together. I, that was a bad way of putting that. Is all that was. That was that was it was very commercial. And the cool thing about it though is that so I I went up to him at first and you know I did the whole like hey whatever thing, and then um, people on the plane started recognizing you realizing what him? it was. I did. Like, but I didn't. Like, how do you how do you introduce yourself? Like I'm never the guy that goes up to people. Oh, I didn't say my name or anything like that. I just did like we just did a fist bump, and it just was what it was. It was like, hey, go Browns. Only person in the airport that I've gone up to and said, hey, I'm Jonathan Peterlin, and I think you might know who I am. So let's have a conversation type thing. Yeah. And even that was like whatever was Joe Thomas like the day after he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Actually, the only person I've ever done that to was John Lynch that time at, at the uh, the Rondé Barber party. Yeah, and he, and he had your whole scouting report down still. He remembered he, everything he, about you. It was amazing, and I was – and by the way, I was, you know, several uh, – I was over-served, put it that way. Okay, yeah. Well, that gave, gave you the spot. courage. I was in good, yeah, liquid courage. Yeah. No, the cool thing about Greg Williams in this plane ride is that uh, people put together that, he, you know, he was on there, and then he started giving out his Super Bowl ring – to people to just like kind of like it around to take photos. Yeah. So like everyone throughout this plane was taking photos with the Super Bowl ring. And like at one point it made its way all the way back to me. I'm like, Greg's way up there in the front. You know, you just see just, just put it in their pocket. I know. He just kind of let it just go. And people were passing it back from row to row to row. And I'll never forget this person jumping over the seat being like, do you want to take a photo with the, the ring? I'm like, no, I'm okay. I don't need to take a photo with the ring. So anyway, Greg Williams is on today. And this is what he had to say about the coaching changes. Here we go. Well, you know, this is that uh, it was kind of shocking for all of us, you know, and that surprised me yesterday. I think, you know, one of the things that uh, when you look into things like that, that didn't happen overnight. You know, there had to be something going on behind the scenes. As you see that uh, they had immediately, they had uh, candidates in yesterday, you know, for uh, some of the positions that were let go. But it's a head scratcher. You know, after having a chance to take a look at it yesterday and think through the process, here's what I I think probably has uh, 
entered into those discussions. You know, Joe Flacco did a great job coming in here in the limited games and I think, what, six games that he played for, you know, the Browns and everything. And his positive production, you know, has beat out what Deshaun has done in twice as many games. And now, you know, as the offseason starts and you're getting ready for next year, is what do we got to do to make sure that we're getting positive production out of the investment we've made in of guaranteed money with Deshaun Watson? And uh, it wouldn't shock me now that you'll start start to see people that have uh, coached Deshaun before or have been in some form of the offensive style that he has prospered in. Uh, you know, he was fit into what was being done somewhat, you know, around what uh, Baker was doing here back in the days when, uh, you know, Kevin and those guys first came in here. So it wouldn't shock to me that we'll see more of a Deshaun Watson emphasis t- style of offense and making sure that we're getting positive production out of the investment we've made in him. All right, a couple things there, Dustin. It does kind of feel like Greg is insinuating that Joe Flacco's play got Alex Van Pelt fired. Do you believe that? Um, no, I don't. I don't really either. No, and and part of it is, you know, it seems as though they've had like a lot of these these interviews sort of like lined up for a while. I I don't think that that game on Saturday was the reason these guys got fired. I think they were on the chopping block for a while. They needed to get a new mix in there. They needed to get a new... I, I don't know that they needed to, but that was their plan. Something with Alex Van Pelt, clearly it, it stopped. I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Kevin Stefanski just stopped believing in him. I don't know if Kevin Stefanski just thought hey, somebody has to pay for what happened. I'm not sure. I, I really I there's no other there's no true way to find out because the only thing they're going to tell us is that it was just collaborative, right? But how do you watch what Joe Flacco did? If Alex Van Pelt had his fingerprint on any bit of that, I think it would have been a different story. I think the reality there is that Joe Flacco was doing all this, and I bet if you got to the real bottom of it, I bet we'd find out that maybe Alex Van Pelt didn't have as much to say with it or much to do with it as maybe Alex Van Pelt would probably tell us if we had him on the phone right now. Would you hire Dan Orlovsky? In a second. Dan Orlovsky's not leaving that cushy ESPN job, though, to go ahead and uh, and, and not even he, call the place. You heard what he said on McAfee today. What he, no, I did not hear what he said on McAfee. What did he say on McAfee? He said, if I ever got a call for an OC job, I would obviously take the interview. No, but you see, this is the, this is the problem. He's not ready to call plays, though. No one is leaving an ESPN job to not even call plays. No one's leaving. If you're, if you're worth anything... You're not leaving your job to then be an offensive coordinator where you don't call plays because then you're just Alex Van Pelt 2.0. We are stuck behind Stefanski not being able to call the plays. First off, his job is is not quite that cushy because they use his ass on every damn show. Well, that's the ESPN model there that way. It's, that's what they I mean, do in they, Bristol. They, 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 they use you a lot. I mean, he's paid well. You're paid a lot? But you're used a he lot. Could, he could get paid about the same doing, you know, being the OC for the Browns. Do you think this this will be like his his parachute, so to speak, his golden parachute? I, no, I'm just saying like that's somebody who's really smart who could potentially take on a role where he doesn't need to call the plays. Now, right did away. he actively campaign for the Browns job today, or was he just saying any OC job? I'm gonna have Keith get the clip. Okay, because if he puts the Browns name in there, that's entirely different than if he just says any OC job. Because when he says any OC job, I'm thinking more like the way we just talked about Cliff Kingsbury in Chicago. That's the OC job you want. You get to call the plays. You have Caleb Williams, the number one overall pick. That's as cushy as cushy gets. Hell, even Mike Tomlin and what's going on in in Pittsburgh. It might not be the greatest job coaching Kenny Pickett, but you get to call the plays. You get your hand in some things. It's much better than this job here in in Cleveland where you're, you're just stuck behind Kevin Stefanski. 
How Mary Kay Cabot talked about this earlier today. She was on with Ken and Anthony. She believes, and this is the first I've heard of this, okay? Because okay. I, I, I just, I disagree with it. I respect her take, obviously. I just disagree with the, the idea that Stefanski's ready to give it up. But this is what Mary Kay had to say. I do think this opens the door for at least a discussion about that. He's never been completely 100% wed to the job for the sake of it. He always wanted the best person on the staff that was most capable of calling plays in that moment or in that season to do it. And that was always him in the past. But if they find someone going forward that is better at the job, then he would let that person do it. This is not an ego thing with him. This is a who's best at that chore thing. And, you know, I do think that, you know, in order to attract the best and brightest minds in the NFL, sometimes you have to give them those opportunities. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I do think that at least it will be on the table. And I believe what she's saying, obviously, I, but I, the part that I just don't believe in is the idea that Stefanski will ever let this thing go with play calling. I, I think he thought that he was a much better play caller than Alex Van Pelt. The same way I think he, he'll think to himself, I'm a much better play caller than Andy Dickerson or wherever hell else they hire. I think he thinks he's Shanahan with this. I think he thinks that he's, he's a play calling savant, and he might not have an ego attached to it because when you see him, he's all like hunky dory and go shucks. But uh, listen up, Mayberry. Shucks are all shucks. I got into it. Give me a second here. Think about it. It's it's all it's all shucks. Yeah, go shucks could have been cool too though. If we just kind of change it. it, I mean, we don't have to. It's okay. Misspeak. We'll get there. The point is that I think he thinks he's like Shanahan. I think he thinks that he's like one of these elite play callers. If you think this is why you got hired and you think this is what you're great at, you're never going to give that up, Dustin. And you're never going to think the person they hire is the guy that's going to be better than you at this. Unless you feel confident in your job and they're promising you like, hey, listen, you're going to be here for a while. Like, we think you're a really good coach. We trust your offense. Just because you don't, like, here's what I don't get. People who are, like, head coaches who are great offensive minds, just because you don't call plays doesn't mean that you don't have, like, a supreme influence on on what is called on game day. Those scripts that we mm-hmm. see on the opening drives of, of every Browns game where it seems like they damn near lead the league in opening drive touchdowns because Stefanski does a phenomenal job, job scripting those in practice, he's still going to do that. Right, but he won't get the credit. The same way. Maybe the credit won't matter to him at some point, but I think the credit still matters to him right now. If if Deshaun Watson's great. Bill Belichick doesn't call the offensive plays, and he gets credit for being the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, but it, it won't work the same way with Stefanski because he's already had a chance at Deshaun Watson. That's the point I'm making. Like, you've already had your ch- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hands it to Sean Watson. If then the next play caller comes in, comes down to if this comes down to ego. And what people think about credit, then this will never work. I think with Stefanski, it's going to always come down to ego. I can You can tell me till I'm blue in the face that he doesn't have an ego. He doesn't have this. It's been four years. The man has not even considered giving up the play calling because he thinks he's great at it. This is what he thinks. Whether we believe that or not, he clearly has shown us actions speak louder than words. His actions have told us throughout this entire stretch when he's had multiple opportunities to give up the play calling that he thinks he's great at this. He thinks he's Shanahan. Legitimately, he thinks he's McVay. That's why he got hired. I don't blame him for it. I just need him to be honest about it. We just brought up Dan Orlovsky's name. Dan Orlovsky never would have got brought up if he didn't, if he wasn't in front of people's television sets. Dan Orlovsky uh, pitching himself to be an offensive coordinator somewhere in the NFL. I would maintain he's not trying to make that pitch for the Browns because he's not going to be able to call plays. And I think it's a big difference in the discussion for who you can and cannot get. Now, Kevin Stefanski, when he first got to Cleveland, we checked this up about a year in, talked about how much he loved calling plays. And I really do think part of why Kevin Stefanski got this gig is because of the play calling, what he was able to do in that, that first year that he had the opportunity in Minnesota. It's the same reason why Johnson's going to get a gig. It's the same reason why Bobby Slowick is going to get a gig. Like your play calling gets you gigs in the NFL. And I think he thought that was his distinct advantage. And I can buy into that 100%. And I feel like that's why he's been so reluctant to give that part up. So remember, year one, he says he loves it. Last year at this time, he was in in the morning show with Ken and Anthony, and this is what he had to say about play calling. Calling play is exhausting. And I think what I've tried to get to with, with certainly our offense is uh, the fun part for me is putting together the game plan, working with the coaches Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, trying to put our guys in position. When it gets to game day, you try to really get out of the way as much as you can. That's something Jim and I have talked about and that he talks about defensively is you've prepared the guys, get out of the way, give them stuff that they can go execute at a high level. Uh, but in terms of the play calling, it's exhausting. You, you know, you, you get through those games, you're making decisions every 35 seconds, both on offense, on defense. So uh, that you, you're you're spent after a game. All right. So Dustin, either he thinks so poorly of the job that Alex Van Pelt can do that he kept him on his staff for four years and never gave him a chance to call plays because he didn't think that he could do it better than him. Either that part is true, and we're going to see him make a change coming up here, and he'll actually actually relinquish the play calling, or uh, I'm right. And I think Kevin Stefanski thinks that he's Kyle Shanahan. I think he thinks that he's Sean McVay. And I think he thinks this is what he does best, and he might tell Ken and Anthony that. He might tell all of us that it's exhausting, and it's not fun, and it's this and that, but we're never going to see him change. Yeah, I think people, I think people adapt over time, though. I think... You know, when he first got the job, he knew the reason he got the job was because he's he's a really good play caller, and, and that's what he's known for. But I do think as you grow into this profession and become more of an established head coach and you start to win, I think you start to understand that you need to do more coaching outside of just calling the plays as opposed to just, you know, being locked into that one side of the football. I mean, like, hell, Nick Saban, you go to an Alabama practice – He's getting in the offensive lineman's mm-hmm. ass. Like, he's on the defensive side, offensive side. Like, he's all over the place. Yeah. 
And I thought Stefanski always wanted – that's why they hired Jim Schwartz, right, is that they make sure that he just only stuck basically to his offensive side of the ball and was able to have a, a guy on the other side that was really good at coaching defense. And, and he obviously coached them all, but you know what I mean. I think Nick Sirianni did a number on people, though. And I, I think if, if Stefanski's paying attention, he'll look and see how this went down in Philadelphia where the man coached in a Super Bowl last year, but he had Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon and – Loses them, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. You fast forward to this year, they they want him fired. They want him gone. In one year, they want him gone uh, because the other parts of the job that came easy to Sirianni when he had the offensive coordinator, when he had the defensive coordinator set in place, they're not coming easy to him now. And I, I just wonder how much that does uh, to someone like Stefanski. Two one six four seven four to below 92. Like, it's very scary. I, I, I tell this to people all the time, I, and I, you see this all the time in life, right? When you, you have people that have success in one area in life, and then they forget why they ended up with that success or how they got that success. I'm all about adapting in life. I am, but sometimes I feel like people get in trouble when they they are successful, and then they veer away from what made them successful to begin with. What made Stefanski successful to begin with is being that play caller. That's that's That was his signature. That's what he's supposed to be able to do best. I have a hard time thinking someone as smart as Stefanski will say to himself, no, somebody first off can do this better than me. And number two, this is in the best interest for me long-term as well. Ray up next on The Fan. What's up, Ray? Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's up, Death Man? What's, what's up there, Ray? How you doing, buddy? Hey, I, I heard the interview, and I know I just heard that, that clip of Stefanski. I got just real, something real simple to say. There's no checks and balances here in, in Cleveland, right? I think that interview did more to hurt the Browns by him saying that it was a real head scratcher. Nobody knew anything, but then you see it bringing people in right away. That's making uh, that, that would make someone who's trying to do something with their career not want to come here because of the way they handle business. And secondly, hearing that interview, remember last year, let's not forget, there was, a, there was, I forgot who it was. It was a big name offensive coordinator up for the job, but Stefanski didn't take him because people like that make you do your job better or normally they take over your position. A lot of callers called and said that he didn't want to give up the play call in because he didn't want his job at threat. I called last week and you, you said that you didn't, the Browns didn't need a, a rebuild. But what do you call getting rid of 90% of your offensive? coaches that's a rebuild this guy's coaching like they've already told him like you said Dustin that his job ain't going nowhere because nothing makes sense with this organization I love my team but nothing makes sense about how you handling business how you're going and, you know we watch great teams like or good teams like Philly uh Dallas San Francisco they would get rid of a, a head coach in a minute if it's going to benefit their team we're not doing that we're making excuses because we hope things get better. But let's be honest, Dustin, you played in the league. Yeah. You know this guy wouldn't have had, wouldn't have been there this long on his contract with his productivity. The defensive guys brought this team together. That's why nobody on defense got let go. If they're going to walk, they're going to walk on their own. Offensive, we've been struggling all year, but we, we made excuses because of the injuries. We, we gave him credit because Miles Garrett stepped up or the defense stepped up because we had the number two defense in the league, if not the best. Mm -hmm. So we kept making excuses instead of looking at the real picture was, this guy is so scared of bringing any competition in to make him look better for his job. 
And I, I, I see that, Ray, that. I see that last part here, and I appreciate you, man. I like, think about it. If last year he's telling Ken and Anthony that he doesn't like play calling and uh, he doesn't have an ego attached to all this or whatever, like people believe, and he's willing to step aside and give the play calling to somebody he trusts, why didn't he fire Alex Van Pelt last year? I think it's a fair question. Makes sense to me. I mean, obviously, it's, it's easy in hindsight now because we got to that conclusion anyway. But if you hated it so much, you really wanted to give it up, why didn't you fire him last year? Get somebody that you know you believe is actually better than you at play calling. Yeah. And, and my answer to that is I don't think there's somebody out there that exists. I don't think there's somebody out there that exists where Kevin Stefanski can legitimately look at it and say, I think he's better than me at this. I think he's a better play caller. I think it's in the best interest of the team. Yeah, but I mean – you got to remember it. People make okay. such a big deal out of the play calling when you don't even realize that like Stefanski and Van Pelt go through every single play in every situation every single day. When you get to game day, you you, you basically you, you got a McDonald's combo men, menu in front of you and you say, <laughs> OK, do we want a number one? Do we want a number two? What's the down and distance? OK, down and distance, second and three. OK, we got seven plays to pick from here. What do you think, AVP? Okay, I like that. You want to you run the XYZ combo, Spider 9, 11, 27, 22? I don't know. Thinking of Gruden with a spider, aren't you? I don't know, dude. I've never these, – these play calls, like, boggle my mind. They're I play insane. De- I play defense. You know, all they said is bench, co- bench, <laughs> bench cover six. Yeah, while well, the offense is just it's – like, it's like 12 words long. It's like field Florida. Okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah. 216474-092. Dave up next. What's up, Dave? Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, hey man. Dave, what's up? What's up, bud? Uh, enjoy the show, but you, you got to remember with Stefanski, though, he only called plays for one year, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Browns wanted to hire him before Freddie Kitchen, before he was a play caller. So I'm not convinced that they, they hired him to be a play caller. They they wanted to hire him, uh, I think, deep Podesta. Well, they interviewed you know, him, and but obviously didn't end up hiring him. I think the well, difference there for how they got from interview to hiring, I think the first interview was a, that was a courtesy interview, and he and he blew him away, and he was very good. But the second one, once you already had the experience then and that OC ability, that, that was the difference. That, at least in my perception yeah. of it, Dave, we'll never know. But there were reports that some within the organization wanted to hire him at that time. Now, I'm only, I'm only going by that. But I, I, unfortunately, I think, I think we're back to the same old Browns. These, these moves are kind of crazy. And if it's going to be Deshaun's team, I, mean, I wish he would have shown more. I mean, I'd make it Flacco's team, and, and I know how old he is and everything else. But – Stefanski looked like a much better play caller with Joe Flacco in there with far less talent than he did with Deshaun. All right. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you as always. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.